That is awesome. So if you, I'm talking to some of you, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Maurice. I am the associate teaching pastor here, which I have to get used to saying, this is a new role that I just transitioned into this summer. Uh, for two years, I've been working with high school students, with, as you've seen on the video, but I've just transitioned into this new role. And this new role pretty much is made up of me getting to know more and more people here at Ascent. I, it's almost like a bridge of ministry to ministry and people to people. And so I'm excited about that because I get to meet so many different people and hundreds of people that walk in here that have so many stories here at Ascent. And so the job is made up of hanging out with you guys. So if you, if I haven't had a one-on-one with you, whether you're new or you're old, know that I am here to do that. And if I pull you aside and let's have coffee or let's hang out, let's go on a double date, me and my wife, you and your spouse, then don't dodge a brother. All right. Let's make sure we do that. All right, that's what this role is made up of. So hang out with us and get a chance to know each other and share some time to get to know all the people here at Ascent. If you've been here for the past few weeks, you know that we're in a series called Custom Made. And in this series, we have been talking about the gifts that God gives to the body of Christ. And so for the past few weeks, we've been talking about uh, identifying those gifts and what are those gifts? What are my gifts? What does it look like to take my gift off the shelf and not let it lie dormant? And how can I bless others? How can I bless the church with my gift? How can I bless the community with my gift? And this reminded me, as we're in this series, and it brings me up to this point now, it reminded me of a childhood story that I want to tell you guys this morning. I love Christmas time. Anybody else in here that's favorite time of year is Christmas? Go ahead, raise your hand. Don't be shy. It's all good. Christmas time. There is something about Christmas time. There is a vibe about Christmas. Hey, I'm a fan of eggnog and uh, movies that's around Christmas and just the, you just smell it in the air. Like there's just something about Christmas. And me and my siblings loved Christmas as well. We actually started a tradition because we loved it so much. And me and my uh, sibling, I have a twin brother and a younger sister, and we started our own tradition around Christmas time. Now, I have a twin brother and a younger sister that started a tradition, but I have an older sister that watched these sermons, so I have to make sure I shout her out real quickly, because if I don't, Thanksgiving and Christmas comes around and I get dirty looks, right? So real quickly, Tif- Tiffany, we love you. Hi from Colorado. Um, so visit sometime. Um, we'd love to have you. Kiss the kids for me. Uh, you're not isolated just because you're much older, all right? We love you. So... <laughs> Sometimes she feels like the black sheep, being so much older and things like that. So I had a tradition with my siblings, with my twin brother and my younger sister. And we would, every year, we all had our separate rooms, but we would sleep in the same room and in the same bed, all together, all three of us. And we would get in there, and this is a twin bed, right? So when we were younger, it really worked out. Then we started to get older. And so we would get in our pajamas. That's one of the traditions. We'd watch Home Alone. Any Home Alone fans? All, every, every Christmas night, we watch Home Alone, and then we would get in the bed, and we'd scrunch up together, and, and without fail, we, one of us would say, oh, it's getting hot, or it's, it's getting too squished in here, whatever the case may be. And we made up a saying. I don't know where this saying came from, what it means, but every year, we would say, no matter how old we get, three bears can fit. And it's pretty much just kind of communicating to one another. We all can fit on this bed no matter how old we get. So we're squished, and we're, but we're so, we have so much adrenaline, right? We're ready for tomorrow to happen. Christmas morning is almost here. So we kind of stay up. We, we, we stay up till about midnight. We're excited. We're talking about the gifts. And so we scrunched up. We're under the covers. Somehow we fall asleep. We wake up. Then one of us wakes up first, and then wakes up the other ones. We wake up, it's eye boogers in our eyes, our breath stinks, but we're excited. 
we have adrenaline for what's about to happen Christmas morning. But we had a policy in our house that you could not go downstairs and open up gifts until you wake up the parents and they come down with us. So we run to our parents' room, we wake up dad, At the time, mom was a nurse, so she was putting in her time. She had to work Christmas Eve to Christmas morning, so she wasn't there yet. But we got dad. We're good. So we run downstairs. We run downstairs, and we're excited. And you guys know how it is. You start to get your gifts, right? You start to find out which one's yours. And, oh, that one's Marquise. That one's Latrice's. That one's Maurice. That one's mine. Maurice, Marquise, Latrice. Typical black family, we rhyme with our names, right? Right? And so that's us, right? So we, we rhyme Maurice, Marquise, Latrice. Older sister, Tiffany, right? It's like, I can kind of see why she feels left out, maybe. I don't know. Um, so, so I'm getting my gifts, right? That's not mine. This is mine. That's not mine. And you know how it is. You kind of pull all yours together. And it's like, I got my own little, like, section of where mine is. I don't know about you, but every Christmas time, uh, no, as soon as the gift is underneath the tree, whether it's two weeks from Christmas or a day from Christmas, we're sizing it up, right? You take the box, you're kind of shaking it. What's in this one? Oh, I think it's this. You're looking at this is a square one. This is an oval one. And by Christmas time, if we be honest, some of them are a little tattered. And you kind of poked holes in some of them, kind of pulled back the, the wrapping paper. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the gift I wanted. Yes, that's it. So we have all of, ours, all of ours together. We're ready to rip this wrapping paper wide open. And so right before we do, we hear from the top of the stairs, nobody better open any gifts until the one who made it possible walks in that front door. And we freeze. We're like, ooh. And that was dad. He was talking about mom who's been working all night, making sure that we could have an awesome Christmas. And so he said, no one's opening anything until the one who made it possible walks in that front door. This morning, as we are talking, not yet, as we are talking, <laughs> as we are talking, almost, we're almost there, as we are talking um, about gifts, threw, all, threw me off a bit. As we're talking about gifts this morning, this brings me to the place of where we are. For the, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about identifying gifts. We've been talking about what my gift is. And if, if a little bit to, uh, related to my story, some of us have been kind of sizing up our gifts. Some of us have been kind of shaking and saying, what is my gift? I've been talking to a few people in the congregation, and they're saying they've been journaling. They've been talking about, well, you know, what is it that God has for me? Some of us have been peeling back the wrapping paper and kind of seeing, you know what, that is my gift. That this is how I can best bless my community. Some of us have been looking and seeing, this is the gift that God has for me. Some of us have been wondering, what is that gift? And this morning, as we're talking about gifts, if I could encourage all of us and say something a little bit similar to what my dad said, there is no gifts without the one who made it possible. That there is no gifts without the one who made it possible. We, we, we've been emphasizing gifts. We've been talking about gifts. Some of us have been getting really excited about what the gift is and what it looks like in our own life. But we, you got to know that it's nothing without the gift giver. This is what I wrote down right here. Gifts are good, but not without connection with the one who made it possible. As we're talking about gifts, as we're getting excited about these different gifts, this morning I want to talk to you about connection. And what I love is that when I'm talking about connection is that this isn't a foreign subject, right? Connection is something that we all long for. Connection is something that no matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert, you have a desire for connection. 
Because the truth of the matter is, no matter where you are in life, connection is something that none of us can escape. I wrote this down, and I want to mention it. You live a better life when your life is connected. I've been reading and doing a lot of studying on this particular topic, and I came across an awesome author by the name of Brene Brown. And she puts it this way. She's an awesome author and a storyteller. She says, connection gives purpose and meaning to all. And why I'm excited about this is because all of us can relate to connection. Well, whether it's human connection, whether it's a connection to food. Can I get an amen, somebody? That's me right there. If it's a connection to animals, if it's connection to whatever it may be, there is connection that gives us life and meaning and purpose. And this morning, I want to really talk about connection. And what's cool about it is, we, we, whether we verbalize it or not, connection is something that it's in all of us. We, we have a bend towards connection. This reminded me of moving here two years ago, moving to Colorado. I don't know why it is so impossible to make friends as an adult. And I'm an extrovert, so I love getting to know people, getting to talk to people. But it is, as an adult, it is so tough. I mentioned that in the first service, and somebody came back to me and said, you know one of Jesus' greatest miracles is he was 33 years old with 12 friends. And I was like, that's... As churchy and cheesy as it is, dude, that's a great miracle. That is so true. Think about that, right? I, I'm thinking to myself, like, trying to make friends as an adult is so hard. So I remember two years ago moving out here, being an extrovert. I love, the way I do things is I like to connect with something. But it was tough because I couldn't connect with anything. It was so tough because one of the things is a big thing that it brings people together is music. And you guys know my Tom Petty story. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. Uh, so he couldn't relate with music. And then there's a lot of people who love to do outdoor stuff. And so I was like, yeah, you know, it's two hours up the hike and it's two hours back. And I'm like, I actually want my Saturday. I don't want to spend four hours hiking. So I really couldn't connect with anything. It was really tough. Somebody said, you know what, Maurice, let's go dancing. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that's me right there. A brother got moves, right? So, so, so we danced, and so it's like, they're inviting me to dance, and they're like, yeah, 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 we're going square dancing. <laughs> I'm like are, we, what are, like, are we kidding me? I don't know what this line dancing, square dancing. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I couldn't connect there. I couldn't connect with this. And then some of you guys know how this is. When you do find a connection, when you do find that person, it's pretty awesome. And so I found that person finally. In the beginning, we really didn't like each other, but then we started to really like, you know what? This is actually a really cool relationship. It's my coworker, Chris Lagadros. He's the middle school pastor here. And it took some time, right? But at first it was like, all right, whatever. Then we start to double date. Then we start to talk about things that, you know, I struggle with, he struggles with. And then we start talking about work stuff. And then it was like, you know what? This is actually really awesome. And so two years later, we got these different documents and pictures. Here's a picture of me and Chris right here. This is us in Jamaica. Yeah, right. Oh, this is, we're starting to have a bromance. I got to be honest. This is like... It's true. This is another picture of us living it up in uh, Cuba. This is Cuba right here, tropical, kind of sitting on the beach. And then this is another one of us. Chris took me up on the slopes. He took me snowboarding. Here's the thing. He took me snowboarding, but he wore skis. Now, I didn't know going up. Now, when I went up there, I knew that I was going to be probably the only one up there. But I was. And then I realized, hold on. 
I didn't know snowboarders were like the ones that were like, they're the rebels. Skiers are the ones that rule the mountain. And people are like, oh, no one really looks at snowboarders. And I was like, dude, you could have put me in skis. I would have fit in a little bit more. And so we went up on a snowboard. And this is actually us at a basketball game right here. This is me and him at a basketball game. <laughs> there you go. It's all right to laugh in church. It's a sin, right? So we start to really get connected. We're like, this is fun. This is a real connection with each other. And I'm like, that's my, that's, that's my dude right there. So it, you guys know how it is when you have a real connection. When you have someone in your life and you can walk in and they kind of already know what's going on with you. That, that, that type of connection where you can, you, you can share things that is tough in life. That that safe place, that strong connection where you have inside jokes and you can do things that others can't. That type of connection. And this morning, I want to really talk about that. Because the only way to truly utilize the gifts God has for you is to connect with the one who made it possible. The only way to truly utilize the gifts God has is to connect with the one who made it all possible. As we emphasize gifts, as we've been talking about gifts, you got to know that connection with him matters. And to be honest, let's take it a step further. There is no gifts without the one who made it possible. The problem is some of us, I mean, you, you recognize this, we live in a society that doesn't necessarily draw us towards connection, but sometimes draws us away from connection. You, you think about that, and I, and I deal with students a lot, and I talk with them, and they're like, yeah, well, I have a thousand Facebook friends, and I got a, a people on Instagram, they like my picture, and, and I'm, I, I really connect with them, I'm trying to get to them that, that that's cool, that's fine, I'm not one that's going to sit up here and talk about social media, but true connection goes beyond that. True connection goes beyond just being by yourself. Actually, isolation, I would say, is the opposite of connection. And I believe it is God's intention for all of us to have true connection with him. And wouldn't you agree that this is something we see even in Scripture? This is something that we see God saying often. I want to read a passage of Scripture for you. This is passage, uh, John chapter 15. And John is a guy that's been following Jesus. And he's documenting this message right here where I really want to talk about this morning. He says these words, I am, this is Jesus talking. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For, the, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. This morning, I want to really talk about the passage that says, remain in me and I will remain in you. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. The, 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 you got to know the backstory leading up to this passage right here. Jesus is hours away from his death, and he knows it. And if there's anybody that we should be listening to, 
If you think about it, even in a natural realm, a person who knows they're about to die, what are they going to say? What words are they given to us? What experiences have they had? Well, what kind of uh, like gems and what kind of wisdom can they give us? Because they have lived this life and now they know they're about to leave. This is a person that we should lean in and hear what he's saying. And what he's saying right here as he's about to depart, Jesus goes over a few things. He says, I'm, my heavenly father is one that I want you to be connected with. You, you got to know who my heavenly father is. And then he talks about, don't let your hearts be troubled. I know that I'm leaving, but don't let your hearts be troubled. Then he talks about, I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit, I'm going to leave with you. You're, you're going to have my spirit. He's going to guide you. He's going to talk to you. He's going to help you through tough seasons and up seasons. And whatever the case may be, he's going to be there for you. So don't worry. And then he says, you've been following me, and the world may hate you for doing that. But don't worry, I will always be with you. And then he comes to this place right here. And he says, remain in me. And I think if I could have any two cents on this, why he would put remain in me right here as he is about to depart and as he is equipping his disciples for his departure, he says remain in me. And I believe he says that because not only do we have a tendency towards uh, a connection, not only do we have a bend towards connection, but if we all be honest, we also have a bend towards drift. Many of us in life, we can begin to drift from our connection with him. We can start out one way and then find ourselves getting further and further and starting to drift from the one who made it all possible. So I believe he tells us to remain in him. One of the awesome things as a communicator is you get to look up words that are written in English, but you get to see in the Greek what they really mean. So I kind of look and see what, you know, behind it, what was the context and what was it that was really said. And when I looked up remain, it, it was amazing to me that remain in the Greek actually means remain. It, it actually means abide, to, 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 to stay. Sometimes we look for a grand, lofty thought, but as simple as it sounds, Jesus is saying to stay with me to remain in me. I talked to a couple before and they were telling me, yeah, we've been married 50 years and my ears perk up when, that, when I hear something like that. And I'm asking them, what, what was it that, how did you do that? What was it that made you guys stay married for 50 years? And the husband looks at me and says, well, we didn't get a divorce. <laughs> and I'm looking for something like, what else? Like, I'm looking for something that'll make me cry. I'm looking for something that'll wow me. And whether you subscribe to that or not, he's just saying we went through the ups and downs and we stuck it out. And as much as we are looking for something, as Jesus is about to leave, as he's about to depart, and we're looking for him to say something really awesome, he tells us to abide in him. And I believe he says that because he knows that we can often drift and we can often get caught up in our own life, in our own way of things. And if you think about it, the vine, he, he relates himself to being a vine and them being branches. The vine didn't look at the branch and say, produce more fruit. 
The vine, they look at the branch and say, hey, do something. Make sure you get water and go fetch water and water yourself. And the vine told the branch to remain, to stay, which lets me know that we have an option in this, that, that we actually get to choose. And that's on us if we get to choose to stay with him or not. And he encourages us, remain in me. And there's going to be tough seasons in life, but stay with me. Now, remain, we can talk about remain, and we can see, talk about abiding and what that looks like and things like that. And I want to talk about, real quickly, two things of what it looks like to remain. Because I can talk about remain, but what does it actually look like to remain in Christ? One thing is, I believe it is allowing God to prune us. Allowing God to prune us. I'm not an agricultural person, so I have to look it up. Prune simply means to cut. Now, that's kind of weird that this loving God says, give me room and allow me to cut you. But, but it's actually a blessing in the pruning. Look at this scripture right here. He says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. It's actually validation that you are living a life that is fruitful. As communicators, you heard Jim talk about it last week, sometimes you try to bring up, make up things that are memorable, statements that you can think about and say, you know what, that made me think about this sermon that this dude spoke about. Last week, Jim made up a statement. His was, don't ride the slide. This morning, I want to make up a statement to make you remember why God says, let me have room to prune you. I came up with this one right here. The fruitful life gets the knife. Come on. That's good, right? Come on. That, that's good stuff. The fruitful life gets the knife. Because the scripture says, Jesus looks at us and he says, you've been fruitful. And the way that I am confirming you, the way that I am telling you that you are doing awesome, the way that I am saying I see you and I see that you have capacity for more is by pruning you, by cutting away the excess. And I know that you were on that job and you thought that you were going to be on that job for years, but it was me that cut that away because I saw that you were fruitful. I saw that you were faithful. I saw that you were taking your gifts and using them to bless those that are around you. And because of that, I'm cutting away the excess. It was me that cut away the boyfriend. I knew that it was going to be toxic. It was me that when you were going down that path of that degree and you did everything and you got all the credits and you did all these different things and you've been in the same degree for three years and you thought this was going to be it. And for some reason you changed. It was me that cut it away. Now, that's easier said than done, if we all be honest in here. But that's God telling us that I see you and you've been fruitful and now I'm pruning you because I want to give you more. Your life has room for more and there is a blessing by me pruning you. So I believe one of those things of what it looks like to remain is allowing God to prune us. Number two of what it looks like to remain in God is I believe is it allowing God to nourish us. Last and final thing, and allowing God to nourish us. 
He says in this scripture, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. God is saying as a branch, as being connected to me, you got to know that I am the source. I am the very thing that is giving you life. There's a guy named Paul that in the book of Acts, he says, it is in him, talking about Jesus, that I live. It's in him that I move. It's in him that I have my very being. Because Paul was one that knew I have to be connected to him. He is my source. He is the thing that nourishes me. And what I love about the passage that I just read is that he says, let my words remain in you. Well, you got to know that there is something awesome about the scripture of God. There is something awesome about this thing, this book that we call the Bible. And when we remain in him and we, he remains in us, and his words remain in us, that is a holy collision. That is something that is so amazing. But there's a process. We got to get the words from here inside of us. And our pastor, one of our pastors, Pastor Bill, some of us have a Bible that says Holy Bible on the front. If you get real fancy, you have a name on the front. You have your name on it, things like that. Bill's Bible has big words. I can see it in my mind now, the font and everything. And it says obedience. Because it takes obedience to get God's word inside of us. To truly know that this is the thing that will nourish us. The very thing that will give us life. Maybe you're in here, maybe you haven't read it, maybe you have but you got to know there is something awesome about God's word of him showing how much he loves us and why Jesus came, why he died, who we are, our identity, and everything else in the awesome thing about God's word. So you got to know that he nourishes us when we have his word and we take his word and we put his word inside of us. That, that, that takes obedience. That takes a little bit of time and struggle. I, and for me, I'm not one, if I be honest, I'm not one that always reads the Bible. It's like the pastor just said he doesn't read the Bible. That's a little weird. I, but it's something that I have to be obedient about. It's something that I have to push myself to do, to discipline myself to do. And sometimes I read it and I close it and I'm like, I, I don't know what I got out of that. Some of you are probably in that same place, but I'm telling you now, as you continue to nourish yourself with God's word, there is something amazing that takes place. Jeremiah puts it this way. Your words are what sustain me. They are food to my hungry soul. They bring joy to my souring heart and delight me. Jeremiah is a person who's been following God and he's having a tough time following God. And this series, as we've been talking about gifts, as we've been talking about our gifts and what it looks like, as we've been emphasizing the gift this morning as we leave here, you got to know none of that is possible without the gift giver. You got to know that there is a connection that the gift giver wants to have. And so maybe you're one of two people in the room this morning. Maybe you don't have that connection. And as we leave here today, I want you to know, to start. And that's my encouragement for you. What does that look like, Maurice? What, what do I do? What, is, what does that mean? 
You got to start somewhere. I don't know all the details. I would love to sit down with you. I'd love to have coffee with you. I'd love to talk what that looks like. I remember in the beginning of trying to talk with God, and I didn't know what prayer meant. It felt like I was talking to myself. But somebody told me, just start somewhere and have a conversation. And it kind of sounded weird in the beginning. And it sounds like I'm talking to myself. But if you're up there, if you can hear me, if you are real, it simply, it simply starts somewhere. And that's my encouragement for some of you this morning who are not connected to God. If you are connected, my encouragement for you is to stay. Simply God's words, to stay and remain in me. So as you leave here today, and you're thinking about, as you go about your week, maybe you're the one who needs to start. Or maybe you're the one who needs to stay. And if you're the one who needs to stay, my encouragement to you would actually be, uh, maybe you've been walking with God, but maybe you need to have a stronger relationship. Because it's a tough place to be in when we start to talk about how our relationship with God used to be. And how we used to talk to God all the time. How I used to be so excited to be with God. And how I used to share God's love with other people. And how I used to do this. But now it's kind of things have kind of cooled off. I kind of, kind of drifted. Remain in him. And to stay with him. As you leave this place, you're either going to start or you're going to stay. And I need you to know, with it all, that there is no connection. Gifts are good but not without connection with the one who made it possible. Gifts are good, but not without the one who made it possible. Let us pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for the gifts that you give to the body of Christ. Thank you so much for seeing fit to bless us with a gift that goes beyond our imagination and our ability. And it's something that you give that is pretty much supernatural. You, you see fit to give us that, to bless our community, to bless the church. But above all, I pray, Father, that one of us starts and one of us stays this morning. That we have a connection with you because there is no gifts without the one who made it possible. So as we leave here, my simple prayer is that we either start or we stay. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.